And hello, everybody. It is Tom Chenault, and it is Adrian Chenault, and it is the king of marketing, Richard Blissbrook. This guy is subliminal at a level you would not believe. It is an exciting day. We love him so much, and um, we're uh, very tolerable. So what's going on? Just so happy to have richardbrook.com here in the building. Yes, <laughs> it's going to be an incredible show, and get your hats and books and Man, you need to get Colloidal some sun. Silver, yeah. Wow, you have been living the Hawaii life. I can see that right now. Congratulations, last... Richard. And how you doing, buddy? For the last week, I dove right in. I dove right in. There you go. So what are we doing, buddy? You're fine. You're fine. Okay, we're, on, we're live and going. Yeah. All right, so we're going to have a great show for you today. We're going to kind of go unplugged with Richard Book. We're going to talk about integrity. We're going to talk about ethics. We're going to talk about this profession. We're going to talk about posers. We're going to talk about all kinds of stuff that needs to get talked about because everybody has a story about how the rest of the world should be doing this business. And if they were just the king of the world, here's how it would go. And we're going to have some fun with that. So take it away, Adrian Chenault and Richard Brook. Hello, Paul Van Dieven. By the way, Paul Van Dieven been sober 10 years tomorrow night Whoa. which is an epic epic accomplishment i'm going to be at his meeting it's going to be unbelievable and he carries his sobriety like a sword like i do so he gave me permission to give that up it has changed his life like it has mine he's a relative newcomer at only 10 years but i love the guy with all of my heart so take it away adrian that is so cool and we are going to have some fun today we just had Richard here in town, which was a lot of fun. And uh, I feel like that gave us a whole bunch of fodder to just talk about what's going on in the world and what's going on in the network marketing profession and how, how things are changing. Because I think there is, there's a lot changing right now. And maybe also a lot that stays the same in spite of what everybody out there might be saying. And so let's maybe start there, Richard. You know, the, is this a situation where the entire world has changed because of XYZ technology or the FTC or whatever's going on? Or is this really just the cyclical things that come up all the time in any business and the things that were once true in network marketing will remain true in the future? Well, let me preface this by saying I've been wrong more than I've been right but I'm rarely in doubt. <laughs> yeah, that's a good call. <laughs> so my, my sense about what's going on in network marketing is um, that we're just in, you know, it, I think one of the advantages that I have, and Tom, you certainly have, is um, and I've been doing this full time for 45 years. So like a big change to network marketing that, Oh no, what are we going to do? How are we going to survive? What should is when everybody started putting the message on cassette tapes and sending cassette tapes out. And before that, we're like, Oh my gosh, how are we going to compete? Somebody figured out how to send faxes to everybody's fax machine in the world. And Oh, that's going to change the whole game. So, you know, about every 10 years, something comes along and changes the game. Social media absolutely changed the game. I think what's gonna change the game right now is artificial intelligence. And I think it's gonna change the game in many cases 
for the good. It's going to make things a lot easier. I mean, people that we used to be in awe of because they wrote a book or they wrote 10 books. Now we're not even going to be like, we're not even going to raise an eyebrow at them because you could write 10 books in 10 days with chat GPC and nobody's going to care. Right. So there's going to be a lot of great marketing things that happen that, that escalate our business. But at the same time, trust is going to take a big hit because we're going to learn not to trust what we read and what we see, because we don't know if it's a real person that is telling that story, giving us that recommendation or teaching us something, or it's just totally contrived. So I think like all cycles, there's going to be waves of success that come from them. And there's also going to be when the tide pulls back to get ready for the next wave and people are going to get wiped out as the tide pulls back. But generally, Adrian, what does network marketing offer? It offers the opportunity to build a customer community with legacy products in a legacy company, build it once, get paid forever. And yeah, there's all kinds of variations of that. And what does build it once mean? It doesn't mean you can build it and then forget about it. But, and what do you mean get paid forever? Well, I mean, you know, if you're an Amway, Herbalife, New Skin, Shackley, Forever Living, Melaleuca, you know, distributor, you, you've been getting paid. Perhaps somebody's been getting paid for 30, 40, 50, 60 years. Nothing's stopping those companies. You pick the right company and the right product, you build it, could get paid forever, could. And there isn't any model on the planet, not influencer, not single level, not affiliate, not e-commerce, not social sell, whatever all that stuff is. And everybody, you know, tries to put a spin on it to make it cool. Nothing compares to build it once, get paid forever. Nothing. Yeah. And no other model offers it. And so... Uh, this is one of the things that I, I've often wondered about because I know you know you're you're a big proponent of uh, obviously for good reason companies that have stood the, the test of time and there's a ton of you know big hype cycle shiny new object whatever in network marketing and and you know the the stats of those companies just like the stats of a startup in any business is that most are not going to make it and so you're building you know you're building on top of something that may or may not fly. But if you're thinking about like as the new person, right? Like, of course, if, I, if I've been in Shackley or one of these companies for 30 years, then obviously that worked out great. If I'm somebody brand new coming into the profession and thinking about where to plant my flag, do you like, do you see that people, do you see success stories of people planting their flags with companies that are considered to be more that kind of legacy company and going and creating something that, is significant in you know in the last five years for example well if i understand your question correctly um you know let's say we we want to do invest our life savings yeah in a franchise and because you know you could very well invest your life savings in a franchise would you invest it in a franchise that just started that has maybe three locations and hasn't proven that whatever they're selling is going to be in demand long-term? 
or would you buy a McDonald's or a Burger King or a Pizza Hut or whatever, right? What makes more sense? Yeah. And I think that's one of the, the real challenges with our profession is the prospect, that's the person who's leaning in, looking at a product or an opportunity, they don't have any of those distinctions about what percentage of these companies go out of business, uh, what's this going to do to my reputation with my network and my credibility and, you know, how much money and time am I going to waste if this thing, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to go out of business, but if it just proves they don't know what they're doing, they can't grow, they're, they're not like, they don't have their act together as a network marketing company. Well, you've wasted a lot of time and money. And most importantly, you've wasted credibility and, and reputation with your network. So can you build a legacy company starting from scratch? Absolutely, you can. I mean, I mean, you got, you got a proven track record. Yeah. Here's is the, is the slogan you might want to just remember or put in the comments, proof versus promises. Every startup wannabe network marketing company makes promises. We're going to be this. We're going to be that. We're going to change the profession. We've grown 500% in the last two years. Well, you know, if you're doing 100000 a month, it's not hard to grow 500%, right? All that kind of smoke and mirrors. But legacy companies, they have proof. And they have proof that their products have survived the test of time, that their products are in demand that they have repeat customers month in, month out, month in, month out, year in, decade in, decade out. That's proof. So can you can you join one of those legacy companies today and build an empire? Absolutely. And I see that. Can you That's join a startup or a relatively new company and be successful? Yes, you can, because every legacy company at one time was a startup. It's just the odds are like 100 to 1 against you. Yeah, doesn't mean you sh shouldn't do it, but I, I love that analogy because I think that there is it, there's such a somehow you know I think because these newer network marketing companies are good at reframing the narrative to their advantage, it almost for the prospective distributor feels like oh something that is not yet out there is better than something that is more right. established. But that's the perfect example, right? Like. Does the world need another Chick-fil-A franchise? My town needs like three more Chick-fil-A franchises, judging by the size of the line at Chick-fil-A versus whatever fly-by-night exactly. new sandwich company that nobody knows about or cares about. That's going to be way tougher sledding. And so I think we get lulled into this, like there's so much, oh, this is the new shiny, sexy thing. Come do this. And we think that that's our, to our advantage. And, and sometimes it is, and it can be, and you know, you can be successful anywhere. But I think that sometimes we get lulled into a sense of that new is always better. And that may not very well be the case. And these companies that have stood the test of time are, you know, have a long, long path of proving it and a long path of all these upstarts showing up and them surviving it and continuing on. I think that the, the, there's so many variables to being successful. Why have the company you're going to join be one of those variables? Because I'm telling you what, not only is it you that's a variable, it's the people you're bringing into your business that's the variable. And we all think, oh, well, it's no big deal if that company goes. Your most valuable asset is the people in your life. And yeah. it's more valuable to me, long-term, short-term, than any money or anything else. And if we can learn to value 
people, human beings that we that are trusting us to join something that we've got because we believe in it fervently. It's an important thing. And it isn't just, you know, let's try this for a while and hope it sticks. It's a long term conversation. And I want that for all of you to just really do your due diligence, check your premises. You know, he talked about, well, this guy did this, this, this and this. Well, go look at what happened to those companies. Because 90% of the time, they reinvented history to make themselves the hero on this new deal. And why on earth would they start a new company if the other one was so great, unless it wasn't so great? So there's just, all you got to do is yeah. think through the hype. And uh, we're going to take a break. Wait, we had to take a break, Richard. This is a radio show. We'll be <laughs> back right after this. It is the Legacy Leadership Show on the Genesis Communication Network with Richard Brooke, Adrian, and Tom. Beautiful. Hello. So this is the break, <laughs> you know, everybody. The so we got about 20 seconds, Stacy. Starvation during the apocalypse is to get yourself some silver impregnated bacon. Get silver impregnated bacon from baconsilver.com. This is what your family's going to want to eat when the world comes to an end. It's silver bacon. The commercial on our right, <laughs> And we're back. We're with the one and only Richard Bliss Brook, the curmudgeon and the straight talker of the profession, actually. He is not afraid to lead with his chin. I love the guy with all of my heart. Uh, have spent unbelievable more time with him literally than anybody in the profession talking about frivolous things and deep things. Big pickleball player. Good friend of Michael Malone from the now in the finals Denver Nuggets, which I'm extremely happy about. And uh, take it away, Adrian. Yeah, that's exciting. Nuggets going to the finals, man. It's go time. So that's pretty exciting. And all right. So we, we were talking before the break about this, looking at the the actual track record and paying attention to you know, what are people representing versus what is the reality of the situation? And maybe that's another good question, you know, just to think about, Richard, is like, how how do you do your due diligence when you're looking at a company or at an opportunity? Like, if somebody is going out there and saying, I need to make a decision about where to put, you know, where to throw my lot. Obviously, we've talked a little bit about the, the just the tenure of that company as one thing. But what are the other things to look at? Well, you could go to the, uh, let's see, what page? Um, there's a page. In this book, there's a whole chapter on how to pick a company. The tr But the problem, Adrian, is 90% of the people or 95% of the people joining network marketing, they've never joined a company before. They don't, they don't take pause and say, oh, let me check this company out. They, they're, they get kind of, you know, if you go, if you were to ask somebody an hour before they first looked at a product or opportunity, Hey, would you ever consider selling whatever in a thing like Amway? Everybody's going to say no, but an hour later, because somebody told them a story because of a product, usually they're leaning in. Right. And then all of a sudden they find themselves, Oh, they're a customer and then they love the product and now, Oh, well, maybe I'll figure out how to get it for free. So people just sort of fall all in in network marketing. And there isn't ever a pause organized in that process where they could go, well, maybe I should check out this company, right? If I'm going to start telling people about it, maybe I should ask how long they've been in business. 
Maybe I should ask who owns the company. That's the first question I ask. Who owns it? I want to know who owns it. And I'm going to drill down on who owns it because whoever owns it is calling the shots and it's their reputation, it's their finances, it's their vision. That's number one for me. Number two is the product. What is the product? What's the lead product? And I'm going to ask what the retention is. And, you know, what does that mean? Well, that means if I put 10 people on these products, how long are those people likely to stay on the products? Because there is no get paid forever unless customers buy the product forever. Right. So I want to know that about a product. So if you know ownership, you know how long they've been in business. What does that say? Well, it says whether they've got survival instincts and capital and leadership. You know the retention rate of the product. If you like then the people that are introducing you to it and you love, love, love the product, you know, you got a good shot at being in the right company. But the challenge is the only people that are ever maybe even thinking about that are people that have had one go out from under them. So they're looking again or they failed and they're looking again. And then even those people usually don't take pause, right? Even those people are desperate to find another company. And so they overlook the obvious who owns it, how long they've been in business, what's the retention of the product. And they make another mistake. And, you know, that's it's one of the challenges of our profession is the failure rate. And how I define that is people who say, oh, I want to make $1,000 a month or 5000 a month or 700 a month. What percentage of people actually end up earning that a year or two or three years later? It's dismally small. And, you know, we have to own that as a profession. And we have to, like, pay attention to why is that? When it's really not that hard to be successful. The hardest part about being successful in network marketing is the mental game. It's our own story about the profession and the work that needs to be done and whether the work is worth it. That's really, tell me when I got to stop, Tom, but that's really the equation that determines whether somebody's going to be successful in network marketing or, or not. Because the work is not hard. You know, here's the work. Uh, I want to sell this stuff, monster screenshot, right? So first I got to use monster screenshot. There we go. Using some monster screenshot. Do I fall in love with monster screenshot? Like, oh my God, this is the most amazing screen cleaner ever. I'm going to use it for the rest of my life. And I don't, that has nothing to do with getting paid. That's just my relationship with the product. I absolutely love the product that way. So if that's step one, like, can you do that? Can you fall in love with the product? And step two is, can you ask people, to take a look at it. Can you ask people to hear your story? That's really all it takes to be successful, but can you do that consistently? Okay, hold it for a second. All right, we're going to take a break. As usual, it's a short break, 30 seconds, and then a long segment so we can wind him up. He just took a big drink. So we'll be back right after this on the Genesis Communication Network. Atta baby. All right. Say hi to your friends. I know. Hi, Karen, Tam, Elizabeth, the commenter extraordinaire, Doug, the tagger extraordinaire, Carl DeVere, we love you. Who else we got? 
so many good people here. Hi, Paul. We said hi to you. Hi, Kat. We love you and miss you. Ron Henley is the man. Jerry Cousins, we love you. He may be the nicest guy in the world. Stacy, good to have you here. And I'm going to give away two hats to whoever shares this the most. Cool. All right, here we go. We are back. It's Tom Chenault. It is the Legacy Leadership Radio Show with Richard Brooke. Tom Chenault, Adrian Chenault, and we're having some fun. We've got a thought leader of the profession who's not afraid to tell it like it is. And you are in a very, very difficult business if you're thinking about getting into network marketing. And just face that fact that it's hard work. It takes a long time. Most people don't make money. So go for it because some people do, and it might as well be you. But instead of following people off a cliff, follow some people that have actually done it, watch their feet, do what they do, and you're going to be off to the races. And we happen to believe that Richard Bliss Brook is one of those guys. And he is honest to a fault. And I emphasize that because I've seen him do some things that have cost himself a ton of money by just doing the next right thing. And I respect that immensely. So over to you. All right, cool. So we were talking about, uh, we're, you know, this idea that it's, it, it, conceptually is not hard. And yet there's, there's this high rate of failure. There's a high rate of people not getting to the place that they said they wanted to get to. And so there's this, this gap that's there. And so how do you reconcile that statement, Richard, in terms of how could you possibly say it's not hard when people, when there is, when the odds seem so stacked against the little guy? Well, it's, it's semantics and, so we want to be careful about, you know, saying it's hard. It, it, it is hard and the failure rate is really high. Those are facts. But why is it hard and what is it? What is hard? Yeah. So where I was going before break is the work itself. If you just analyze the work. So step one, you got to fall in love with the product authentically, independently of earning any money. You got to be a raving fan for a product. If you can't do that, you're a fraud. It won't work. But if you can, you got a chance. Number two, you got to tell your story. You got to be willing to tell your story. And number three, you got to tell your story consistently. Like my criteria for that is you got to tell your story every day. Uh, you got to show up for work every day. If you if you invested a half a million dollars in a franchise, you, you can't show up whenever you feel like it, whenever it's convenient. You can't set your motivation up to be on fire about your project when people are saying yes. You have to be on fire about your project, no matter what the result is every day. You have to show up every day and tell your story. Even if you only told your story, listen to this statistic. If you only told your story once a day for, let's say, six months or three months, you would not be a one percenter in your company. You wouldn't be one out of 100. You wouldn't be one out of 1,000. You know that only like one out of five or 10,000 people in your company have ever told their story once a day for 90, 120, 180 days. That's how rare the work is. But here's the thing. If you looked at the income disclosure statement in your company, those people, like one out of five or 10,000, they're doing great. They're making money. So the hard part is not the work. I mean, how hard is it to tell your story once a day? It takes five minutes. The hard part is believing the work is worth it. Believing the work is worth it. If you believed 100% in the bones of your body, 
that telling your story once a day, no matter what, no matter if people said yes, no, maybe, or threw you out of the Zoom room, if you told your story once a day for a couple of years, in year five, because the way network marketing works, exponential growth takes some time. In year five, you're going to be making five or $10,000 a month. If you actually believe that, you would do the work. The challenge is believing it. And part of the art that's been lost in network marketing that, that I was given and Tom was given by our mentors is we were sat down and we were coached and mentored and trained and programmed and educated and inspired that this model works, that if you do the work, it pays off. I wrote the book, The Four-Year Career, to help people understand that the work is worth it, that if you do the work, here's the math. It's indisputable. It'll pay off. And that's a lost art in our profession. 99.99% of the people in our profession do not believe in the model. They don't believe it'll pay off. They believe it's too hard. They believe other people made it, but they can't. They believe maybe if they hang out, go to enough meetings, go to enough Zooms, belong to enough Facebook groups, maybe by some kind of miracle, someone will join their group. But that's not the kind of belief that inspires work on a daily basis. All that inspires is don't quit. So, you know, that cliche start and don't stop, you know, the secret to success. That's BS. All that creates is suffering. There's so many people in our profession that started and they haven't stopped. And if I could get a hold of them, I'd tell them, you need to quit. Today, <laughs> right now, send in your resignation. Stop. Okay, so we quit. got somebody listening to the show, and I want to give her a shout out. Because it speaks straight into know. what he just talked about. <laughs> 90 days ago, this person decided to reinvent her life. 180 degrees. And she started doing what it took. She built an audacious dream. She turned it into an unbelievable goal. She called somebody that was a factor in that and said, listen, if I do this, can I speak on your stage? This individual said yes. And in 90 days, this person has hit three promotions in her company, had 4,600 people join her team, been interviewed by Ray Higdon, asked to speak at an international event in front of 5,000 people, and her husband is so much better. Because instead of wanting the world to change, like we all do, she read the four-year career, mock two hair on fire, and the unbelievably best-selling coffee shop interview book, and she reinvented her life. And congratulations, Tina. She's in the crowd. And what a day, what a job. All you have to do is change everything. By that past of yours is your friend. If you file it in your past instead of file it in your future. That's what she did. And this woman's cooking with gas. And so can you. And she told me in a sidebar, she owes it all to Richard Brooke. <laughs> Unbelievable. I'll believe that if you tell me. <laughs> all right. Thank you very much. Isn't that cool, though? Congratulations, Tina. Yeah, 90 days. Well, you know, I think, you know, Michelle Barnes and I, I were talking about this a couple of weeks ago when you put us all together, Tom, in, in Denver, that 
you know, some of us just had the gift of being coached and trained and mentored and, and, and we just believe it. And it, you know, it's not, it's not this belief without evidence. Like, you know, if somebody asked me, well, okay, I get you believe it, but can you show me how it could actually happen? Can you show me some substance, some math, some science, some, some, uh, endorsements, some track record of how it actually works. And, you know, people that own the model, we can show people how it works all day long because we not only believe it, but we know how it works. And so many people in our profession are wandering around using hope as a strategy and, you know, hanging out as a strategy. And they're really just suffering. And I say, hey, stop the suffering. There's basically three doors you and I can choose every day in life and business. One of them, behind door number one, keep suffering. What does that look like? Keep wanting something and talking about something that you're not willing to do the work to get. That's suffering. And not only does it make you suffer, but everybody around you has to suffer because you stink the place up. So door number one, keep suffering. Anybody want to keep suffering? Most people go, no, I don't want to keep suffering. Okay, what's behind door number two? Quit. What? Yeah, quit. It's okay. Almost everybody eventually does anyway, right? Just speed up the process. Quit. Stop the insanity. You're not willing to do the work. It's okay. It doesn't make you a bad person. Almost everybody in the world that's mega successful is not in network marketing, <laughs> right? You can be successful doing all kinds of things. Quit. What's behind door number three? Stop the whining. Stop the hoping. Do the work Comparing. every day. And if you're not willing to do the work, yeah. then quit. That'll clean up our profession. Everybody wants me to coach their team because the first thing I suggest when I sit down with them is you really should quit. <laughs> it's just a great sales pitch. Just <laughs> Tom, you don't know what to do next. You can chat, I'm not sure. <laughs> now what? I gave you a pause. You're supposed to jump in. I don't give that many pauses. <laughs> we didn't know what that was. We yeah, thought we you, we thought you had a stroke. <laughs> Jordan, uh, Jordan Adler has some advice for you. We love him. Glad you're here, Jordan. And, uh, you, you know, it's, it's the, that is the nature of the beast is that there's, there's many reasons to stick around in network marketing and, and it isn't, you, it's about being comfortable or being, being clear about what it is that you're after. And there is, you know, you look at Jordan Adler's story, for example, right? Jordan, Jordan, floundered for a long time before he found the right the right company and the right time and the right you know he was in the right place developmentally and he took off like a rocket right and so there in what you're saying is there's no make wrong of anybody in no matter where they are and no matter what door that they're going to choose but it is about getting clear about who you are and what you really want and, and how to go after that and what work it's going to take to allow yourself to get there. And that's an important thing. And there's a lot, there's a lot of suffering that, as you talked about, that's, that shows up in that space. So 
Richard, you, where do people, because we got a bunch of people listening on the radio in addition to those watching here. So how can people, where, where would you send people if they want to go plug in and, you know, get the, get the good kick in the rear from Richard about how to get themselves into growth, but in their business, where can people go and find you? Uh, well, to 10 days of me, five minutes a day, which is probably all you can stand and it's free. Uh, it's rich. I'd love to post it somewhere. If I can figure out how to post here. We got it. Amber's uh, got, Amber's got that for you. So check out that 10 day audio. I'll put it back up on the screen when she does. There it is. Um, and so if you go to richardbrookmomentum.com, Brook with an E, and then it's A-Bliss-Life, you can get that 10-day audio. And if that's too much to remember- Those of you that are listening on the radio that just ran into the embankment trying to write that down, <laughs> we have no responsibility whatsoever. Go to Richard- There's Brook, a link. Post it in the comments. And we got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Oh, that's hysterical. We love you, Richard Brooke. I'm telling you, you're good at what you do. And we're going to keep going after the show. So stick around, even though we say the show is over, because this guy is a national, international treasure, and we're not letting him off. There we go. All right. Jordan, you're awesome. Glad you're here, man. Thank you, Tina. Tina's amazing. Janine Fust or Janine Lano, we love you. It's so good to see you here. There's Heather Hager. Awesome. Coming back. All right, we're back. It's Tom Chenault. It is Richard Brooke. It is Adrian Chenault. And it's also Jordan Adler. Jordan Adler has been phenomenally successful. And Richard and I hung around. Well, actually, Jordan and I hung around with Richard and Kimmy at Richard's house in Hawaii for a very, very long time. And I got to do a deep dive on these winners. And all I saw was that these guys, phenomenally successful, are doing the same thing today that they did in their first 90 days. And if there's a tell, that's the tell. They're better at it, but they're still doing the same thing. And if you want to be successful in this business, people are watching your feet. They don't care how smart you are. They care how much you care about them. And they care about how you're going to take them to where they need to go. And these two are incredible guys to do just that. And, uh, Richard, thank you for your contribution to this profession. And thank you. That's all I want to tell you. He's a good man. I love him. And yes, I don't think you, you could see me do it. But when you hang around Jordan, you see him telling his story every day, talking to prospects every day. Why? Because he believes. And, you know, you could say, oh, well, the reason he believes is he makes a boatload of money every month no that's how he built the boatload of money belief faith without evidence create the vision study whatever it is you want to manifest so that you're not ignorant and then go build it based on that that's what jordan did and he's got a stunning business that'll last forever so anybody can Richard, do it one of the things that you talk about that I think is is interesting and, and really applicable to here, and especially in thinking about Jordan, is there is there's kind of two different tracks of what you do 
especially as you become more effective and create this long-term flywheel in network marketing. One of those is you're telling your story to people all the time and inviting all the time. Another thing that you're doing is you're constantly refilling the top of your funnel, so to speak, with new people who may not be ready to hear your story today, but who you're constantly refreshing that group of people with whom you're building relationship to give yourself this never ending supply. So number one, do you agree with that characterization? And then if so, expand a little bit on how you can be doing those two things at the same time as a network marketer. Well, you just think of it like a big funnel, right? So at the top of the funnel, that's where we put in people into our network. And that art is the art of meeting people. It can be physical, doesn't matter. That's one of the great things about the internet and social media is you can meet people all over the world, just join a Facebook group and start talking to them. And you're adding people to the top of your funnel. As a networker, if you want unlimited income, you gotta have unlimited input into the top of your funnel. So as people work through your funnel, some people will opt out of talking to you. Some people you'll meet, you'll talk to for two minutes or 30 seconds or two seconds, and you'll never hear from them again because they're not interested in maintaining the relationship, right? Even if you reach out to them, maybe they won't respond. So that's why the funnel narrows, right? So as it narrows, these are people that you're reconnecting with, following up with, contact mapping with, doing the coffee shop interview with. And as you get to the narrow part of the funnel, these are people that want to talk to you. They want to be in relationship with you. They're people that you're connected with. And the more of them there are, the more business you can create. So what happens at the bottom of the funnel, right? The little tiny part of the funnel? That's when you ask them, to hear your story. And the simplest way to do that is put your story on a video, have a link, put your story on a video. I recommend it's like 60 to 90 seconds long, it's kind of like follow up format. So you're not being non-compliant, you're not rambling, but put the essence of your product story on a video. And when they get to this place at the bottom of the funnel, ask them to watch your story. Now people say, well, when do you ask people to? Well, I say it this way, but it's the same as Tom's art. I say it this way. You ask people to watch, listen to your story when they ask you to. What does that mean when they ask you to? Well, that's when the conversation gets to the point where the other person tells you something that's missing in their life. Could be economic, could be physical, could be emotional, could be community, could be some goal they have that they want to manifest. And, and they have a problem they can't solve. And if your product or your opportunity can maybe solve that problem, then it's a very simple, <coughs> hey, I know exactly how you can solve that problem. Take you 90 seconds to see it. You want to see the 90 second solution? Everybody says yes to that. Here's where people say no. You're at the top of the funnel, right? I just meet Tom somewhere. Hey, oh, what's your name? Tom, where are you from? Longmont, Colorado. Hey, Tom, do you keep your income options open? Puke me. Yeah. I mean, right? That's what people have been teaching for 70 years. That kind of nonsense where you three-foot rule people. 
That's why people hate network marketers. We're impatient, desperate, and obnoxious. Yep. Okay. And we got to do Hey, Richard, we got to. We're ending the show so we can stick around for the after show. Who's our guest next week? We have. We forgot to check. <laughs> we So really quick, though, before we do that, huge news coming from Contact Mapping on Thursday. And you want to hear it and you need to go to contactmapping.com slash news to find out the big news coming. Simon Chan's up next week. He's going to be awesome. And we're going to have a great time. I love Simon. So do we. We're I coming back. <laughs> next week. See you next week. All right. We're still here. We're oh, still standing. Man, right now we. we're getting down to brass tacks. So there's things called now Evergreen. I can talk. Now <laughs> you can pull out the stops because we can talk about what, you know, the shows on, you know, if it's on the radio, it's lasting forever. So we couldn't be specific to time now. We're in that little slot where we can talk about what's really going on out there and all these crazy deals. So here's the deal. Brooke was a chicken farmer, a chicken farmer. Tom Chenault barely got out of high school, just not very smart at all, trying like hell just to hustle and make a living. And here, both of us have made some money. Jordan Adler's made some money. And I think he was a flight attendant or something. Whatever the heck it was, it was. So all of a sudden, here we are with this. He wasn't even a flight attendant. Whatever he was, helicopter pilot, and that didn't work out. But the point I'm making to you. So now we're standing here, (laughs) and we have all this money, and we're giving people advice on crypto, on nodes, on everything. Now I see these people that were just run down, broken down alcoholics like me, giving advice on 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 artificial intelligence, like they went to MIT or something. And I'm just begging you guys to do this. Just do your due diligence. Just, you know, you check me out and I promise you, you look like a flight. Well, you know, you're just such a cute man. It just went to my brain that you were a flight attendant, Jordan. But the point I make is this. Do your due diligence and get some And if you want to learn AI, get with an AI expert, not some dropout derelict like me with a big paycheck. And I'm spouting about how smart I am. And I'm not. I just got lucky. And I work hard. There's no brains here. That's what you got to remember because these people are leading you off cliffs and you are going to thank me for listening to this. Right, Richard? No. <laughs> yes, maybe. I have, I have no idea who's qualified to talk about AI. Uh, it's certainly not me. Just... I find it fascinating. Um, but... Um, all I can talk about is history and cycles. And I think AI is going to change everything for the good and for the bad. And so we need to be like tuned up to it. And I think crypto is going to change everything for the good and the bad. <laughs> yeah. We need to be tuned up on it. But neither of those really have anything to do with network marketing. Certainly, crypto is not a network marketing product. And people that think it is, well, they're either trying to scam people or they're idiots because no no product qualifies for network marketing unless you can make a case for people buying it 50 years from now. 
So whatever you're selling, you just fast forward 50 years from now and make a case for why people are going to be buying your product 50 years from now. And if it's, or if it's education that you're for, well, just look at history. All education ends up being free. Yeah. The expensive education costs money for the first three, four, five, six, seven years it exists. And then it's free. And AI is going to make all education free like that. Yeah. It's just going to collapse it. The only products that have withstood the test of time in network marketing are magic elixirs that were cooked up in a secret laboratory or discovered while the founder of the company fell on their face in the Amazon jungle and was rescued by a tribe and the tribe introduced them to the secret formula. Those are the only products that have withstood the test of time. Formulas that somebody built a story around and legitimized the story and the product actually works. Those are the only products that withstand the test of time. So if you're selling some service or some education or some gimmick because it sells itself or it's all full of sizzle, you're an idiot. And you're going to have egg on your face in six months to a year. And if you go, if somebody's says, come over in this corner and whispers the story to you, that's probably a tell. So, you know, they, don't do it. I had a guy last week, I put it in the Telegram group, man. The guy promised me 30% a month and a referral fee. And my God, no, it can't happen. I promise you, it just can't happen. No matter how smart you think the guy yeah. that you met at the coffee shop is and what he told you his track record is, it's just not true. So whatever you do, yeah, you guys, yeah. think about the lives. And if you want to go waste your own money, go waste your own money. I'm all for that, man. That's you're 21. That's fine. But when you're taking other people with you, if they make money, they say, I made money. If they lost money, you're a criminal and they're going to blame you. So whatever you do, just don't get in that pond. I've never had anybody pull me over to the corner and say, hey, you got to try this vitamin. <laughs> no, they don't do that. They talk loud about it. So that's pretty cool. So, oh, my goodness. Richard, they, you obviously have you obviously have issues. I do have issues. And that's a good thing. Yeah. If you believe me, you're nuts. <laughs> All right. Get us out of here. Nobody's trying to recruit me into those Ponzi schemes. So I don't have any issues with them. That's what I like you. <laughs> All right. Anybody got anything they want to ask Richard before we get the heck out of here? Or can we let him go back to his uh, sunbathing? Yeah, everybody's got an issue with how much sun I got. I've only been home for a week and the sun shines here. So. Yeah, you look good. No, you really, really look healthy. But maybe that choice of shirt was a little bit, you know, you wear a tomato shirt. It just kind of like <laughs> it goes tomato, tomato. And so you look like a Bloody Mary. So that's the trouble. So just stick a straw in your head and we're going to be fine. So anybody else got anything they want to know? All right. The RV has been sold. He uh, That was one heck of a brilliant investment. He knows a lot about RVs. So somebody put in the comment, how's the RV treating you? So yeah, he was an RV expert. So it's all good, you guys. Sold, you. Michael. I will not be going to a and 
Christina. I've been away from home for eight months, and I finally got home last week, and I'm not going anywhere until I have to in the middle of July. There you go. You earned um, it, my friend. No travel for me. And I'm only going to the ANMP on Thursday. So if you're going there, find me Thursday for sure. Adrian, Elizabeth, Elizabeth, get in here. Adrian, Elizabeth, and Don Morris are going. I'll give her a chair. Uh, we're almost out of here, but the number one, Richard Brooke Mooney on the planet. Elizabeth Larson is here. And uh, yeah, she's here. What do you think about him? Richard, he's amazing. That makes me happy. I, I love Richard. I mean, he have, I've learned a lot from him, and I just I can't speak enough about him. His classes, Momentum Masterclass, all of them are just incredible. She is. She's a rock star. She was she was down on her luck when we met her, man, and she yeah. believed in Richard Brooks. She's just like Tina. She get, attributes him all of her success and just everybody on the planet. I've never seen anything like it, including me. Wait everybody. Wait till you see her new assertive enrollment process. <laughs> He's going to strap on you and Adrian. We can't wait. All right, baby. We I, we love you, Richard Brooke. Everybody have a great day. Love you, Richard. Simon Chan next week, but don't Thank forget. Thank you for his- the opportunity to express myself. What do you say? I said, thank you for the opportunity to express myself. You're the greatest, man. We love you. Thank you. You're amazing. Dundee Shaw, you. Chris. Woo. All right. Everybody, everybody. Love you, Richard. Thank, Thank you. you, Elizabeth.